Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Caffeinated Conversation, or welcome to Caffeinated Conversation if you have not listened to any episodes before this. I'm so excited to have you here. Today is a great day. I am vlogging my podcast. Um, So hi, everyone on the vlog. Hi, everyone on the podcast. If you're not watching the vlog, go watch that. It'll be up tomorrow on Monday in the morning time. Um, Weekly vlogs. And every once in a while, I plan on posting some podcast clips as well as just maybe a secret special video every once in a while if I'm feeling a little frisky. Anyways, so you know how the podcast goes. I always have to start with sharing my Starbucks drink of the day. I'm not even going to lie. It's been a really crazy day before I got here. So the fact that my Starbucks drink's a little messed up is kind of the tip of the iceberg for me. So before I got here, I... um, was running a little bit late. I'm vlogging. You know, I just got a little caught up in the vlog and getting ready and all that stuff. Uh, but today I went to Starbucks. I ordered ahead on mobile order and I got an iced Dopio espresso and a grande cup with one pump of toasted white chocolate mocha, two pumps brown sugar, and an extra splash of oat milk, three-fourths. And there should be a little bit more oat milk in this. I'm not even going to lie. They could have filled up the cup, but they didn't. And it's a little strong today. It's like barely sweet too it's like really odd i don't know what happened to it but whatever i wasn't going to be like oh i need more oat milk because that would require me to stick up for myself which is not going to happen uh so anyways i think maybe on the last episode i had this coffee but i honestly can't remember so if you haven't gotten this i do recommend it and if they don't put enough oat milk just make sure you stick up for yourself and say you want more (laughs) you know Today, I want to talk about being tired, burnt out, why you tend to put so much on your plate, and hopefully come up with a few ways that we can break this cycle. Um, I'm in this cycle. I'm in this problem. (laughs) So um, hopefully I can help you guys out a little bit as well as, you know, talk through it and help myself out through all of this. So what I did was I asked some questions on IG about college students, the workload, the relaxed load, the sleep load, as well as I did some research that I'm going to share with you all later on in this episode. So if any of that seems like you need to work through putting a little too much on your plate and feeling a little bit overwhelmed or anxious about everything going on in your life, stick around and hopefully we can work through it together and figure out some strategies or tools that we can not feel like this all the time. (laughs) So I have my Instagram questions and polls pulled up. So I'm just going to go through them all and kind of, like last episode, read them, share with you the answers, and then go through and discuss them on how I interpret the overall consensus. Got to skip the car wash one. Um, So the first question that I asked was, how many hours of sleep do you get on average? I got... Um, the answer choices were one to five, five to seven, seven to nine, or 20 plus. No, that's not it. How many hours of sleep do you get on average? One to five, five to seven, seven to nine, nine plus. So the highest answer response we got was five to seven, and that was 64 responses as five to seven, which honestly, I feel like that is the most realistic amount of sleep that like I can say like I get that too I would love to get seven and nine hours every single night but on average I would say because I have to wake up so early so much for work that I do end up getting five to seven at least three days of the week it kind of just depends on the workload of that week which brings me to my next poll which is how many credit hours do you take a semester 
So I'm basically trying to relay how many credit hours and then how much sleep and then all these other things and then talk about why we do this. So how many credit hours do you take a semester? The options were three to six, nine to 12, 15 to 18, and 20 plus. The highest response was 15 to 18 of 53 responses under that. I, I know a lot of people who only take like four classes a semester, which would be three, six, nine, 12, which is like 12 credit hours. And I didn't realize that many people took 15 to 18 credit hours a semester, which is honestly great. Like I do about, yeah, I do like 15 to 18. Um, last semester I did 18. The semester before that I did 15. And I feel like if you kind of want to get a little bit ahead or if you want to, whatever it might be, you can um, take take that extra class than the four, you know, whether it's you wanted to graduate early, you're a little bit behind. I definitely think 15 is a safe workload, especially depending on the major. Obviously, when you're in harder classes, 15 might be too much. If you're in communication courses like me, I think 15 is the perfect amount. Um, you can definitely get some easier electives paired up with, you know, your a little more difficult upper level communication courses, which I think is completely doable. But going back to the amount of hours of sleep we get, so we see that there's an average of five to seven compared to the credit hours of being 15 to 18, and is there a correlation in the amount of sleep someone's getting and the amount of courses they're taking? I don't know. That's more math that I'd have to actually try and find out. It, it just showing that those are the two highest responded answers. It's probably the same people, you know? I would say I get between five and seven and I take 15, 18 credit hours a semester. So that brings me into another added on workload, which is do you work a part-time job while you take classes? And for this one, I just put yes or no. So I got 71% said yes and 29% said no. So as we can see, more people said yes than no. And I feel like that's what I was expecting. I was expecting more people to say yes than no. Just because I know most of the people I know work part-time jobs or at least even like full-time jobs I know like I feel like maybe I should have just said do you work a job while you um go to school but honestly I feel like more people do do part-time jobs while they go to school and do the same people that say they work part-time jobs take less credit hours or that the same people that are taking 15 to 18 like me and getting five to seven hours of sleep is the question <laughs> of the hour and the next question I have is how many caffeinated drinks do you have per day? One, two, three, four plus are the options. Most people said just one. And then the second most um, replied answer is two, which I would say on average, I do really have two. Like I'll have one in the morning and then one around midday, like two, three o'clock, just to make it through the rest. <laughs> um, some days I can get by with just one lately. I need two to three, but I do think four plus. <laughs> three people put four plus, which props to you. Some days I do need that too. I sometimes like really just need like six million caffeinated beverages just to be alive for the day because that's just how it be so far <laughs> sometimes. I definitely want to see how the amount of caffeinated drinks and the part-time job and the credit hours and the amount of sleep we get how many people it like the answers correlate i would love to do like a little spreadsheet and like every person's name which would be like 
300 people <laughs> and see like what 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 is this maybe this could be a real study no definitely not their instagram polls but and you can't know if people genuinely took it or if they just accidentally clicked an answer so it's probably probably not the best way to do a real survey if someone does want to do the survey and send it to me with the exact same questions and do a real spreadsheet of all the responses i would love that <laughs> the next poll that i asked was are you able to follow a strict routine strict are you able to follow a strict routine and 100 percent oh one <laughs> i put 100 percent or nope not at all so i read that as 100 percent. but 42 percent said 100 percent, and 58 percent said nope not at all and here's why I asked this question, because I would consider myself to be a person who does follow a somewhat of a routine, um, but I definitely don't have a strict every day, this is X, Y, Z, like wake up this, 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 like I definitely have a structure as in like I wake up, the first thing I have to do is like brush my teeth, wash my face, and then I go make breakfast, even though today that didn't happen, but for the most part, most days of the week, that's what my routine looks like. But I have to say, being in college and working a part-time job and not having classes on when Monday or not having morning classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but having a nighttime class on Monday and then working usually on Monday, Wednesday, Friday or Saturday, whatever those days are, it definitely does not allow you to have a strict schedule, especially when you work a part-time job and don't have class at the same time every single day. Like in high school, it was much easier for me to have a strict routine because I knew Monday through Friday, it was mostly the same thing. At least the mornings looked the same because, like, I had school at 7.20 every day, no matter what. I got first period at 7.20. And then um, after school looked a little bit different every day, but the average routine that I had to follow stayed consistent at least until I got out of school at 2.20, if that makes sense. Whereas in college, you have class at 9, Tuesday, Thursday, and then at um, whatever time in the afternoon on a Monday and then you work part-time job at different times whether it be two to eight or five thirty to two whatever the times are you just work like all these different times it's much more difficult to follow a strict schedule and a strict routine when you have all these things that don't want to follow a routine <laughs> So then the last poll slash question that I asked was, do you say yes to doing things even when you don't actually have the time? 82% of people said yes and 18% said no. So that means like out of everyone, 90 people said yes. I do that all the time. Literally, I do it. I probably do it like four times a week where I'll be like, yeah, no pro like yeah let's do it or I'll, like someone will be like you know you're you're in the middle of doing homework or whatever and then someone's like oh do you want to go get dinner and you're like well I guess like I should go get dinner because I don't want to cook and but I'm not doing my homework but they want to go like right now so then you're like okay yeah I'll, I'll go in reality like you should have just finished your homework and then made something really quick for dinner or something but you know I think everyone does that and that has to do with what I want to talk about today and just the fact that like putting so much on your plate that like in reality like you can't handle and I do this and I notice that I do it and I'm aware that I'm doing it right this semester <laughs> I'm doing it so much where like I have so many things going on 
and I love everything that I'm doing, even school. I mean, I'm grateful that I'm in school, you know, but it can get very overwhelming when you don't know where to put your time when you have so many places that you want to put your time. What I'm trying to say is I want to get great grades. I want to get all A's again, but at the same time, and don't judge me for saying this, but at the same time, I love putting my time towards editing and doing my creative stuff and doing social media stuff or whatever it is because that's what I enjoy putting my time towards and I want to do that but at the same time like I know I need to put the equal amount of time into my schoolwork or else that will just start to slack and then if that starts to slack then I can't ever put as much time towards my creative stuff because I'll be like oh crap I'm failing x class and now I have to put all my energy towards this class so that I can you know graduate college or whatever that's a very dramatic example but it even happens with relationships if you're putting all your eggs into one basket with um, one friend oftentimes your other friends start to feel uh, avoided or unrecognized or whatever the word is that I'm looking for if you put all your eggs into one person and you focus all your time on them then your other relationships start to lack and then when you notice that and it's getting to be too late then you have to throw all your energy into them and then you're just torn this whole time when in reality you could have just tried to put a little bit more equivalent time towards everyone in the beginning and then you would never be in this position to begin with that's another extreme example but I think you understand what I'm trying to say in the sense that like we all do it we all put so much on our plate that eventually we start to go towards one thing more than others but when we start to put too much energy towards one thing, the other things start to go onto the back burner. And then eventually we have to ditch that thing that might make us so happy because everything else in our lives is failing or not failing, but kind of screaming for help and wanting more of our attention. And then we're just in this like constant tug of war, tug of war, tug of war, tug. <laughs> I don't know. And you don't know where to put your eggs you're spreading yourself so thin that there's n- there's nowhere there's no energy left and then you fall into it's just it's a very bad habit to get into and when you can become aware that you're doing that it's much easier to pull yourself out really quick and be like okay let me reevaluate my schedule let me reevaluate what my routine was and try and start something else because clearly what i thought was going to work isn't working right now which is kind of what i'm doing is like I thought that one schedule I had was going to work, but it's not working (laughs) at all. And I mean, it's working, but it's definitely not the most efficient schedule that I could have for myself. And I think I need to do a better job of saying like, on Mondays, I'm going to work on this class. And on Wednesdays, I'm going to work on this class after work or whatever it is. So that way, I'm just a little bit more structured in the things that I put my energy into on particular days. That way, I don't spread myself so thin on one day and just get completely drained and like not want to do anything yeah so I definitely think that I can have a more productive schedule or week in the future so I just want to talk about you know why we put so much on our plate as college students and tend to do more than we can handle I searched far and wide for an article or something about why college tend to do more than they can handle and it looks like there's literally no study on it I feel like if there were a study on it 
um, I'd find out some very interesting things about why as college students or just even people in general tend to think we need to be doing a million things all the time, whether it's influenced from social media, influenced from the pressure of the people around us, influence of our fear of failure, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of outside reasons, I think, why people tend to do more than they can handle or put more on their plate than like they should. And I think, I personally think that a lot of it has to do with um, comparison, which comparison is killer. We know this, but I think it's like subconscious comparison. Like, I don't think we even know we do it because we just like want to do all the things. So we don't notice that we're like low key being like, well, I think I might be only doing this because this person is doing that. And I feel like I need to be doing more and not just like sitting on the couch. And I feel like a lot of the reason why I put a lot on my plate this semester is because I was like, this sounds so toxic, so don't judge me, but it was almost like a thing of I need more alone time, so if I just put more on my plate, I can be alone more often because I'll have to lock myself up in my room and be alone. That sounds so bad. And I'm not saying that because I don't want to spend time with people around me. I'm saying that more so because I knew I needed more time to myself to, like, relax, think, whatever. And in my mind, I'm like, well... I'll put all these things on my plate so that I can have more alone time in my bedroom because I have no other choice. Rather than just saying like, I'm gonna do the same amount of work I did last semester, except take a nap more often. (laughs) You know, like that was probably the better way to go about these things rather than like, I'm doing this, 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 like all this semester and I'm never gonna sleep and I'm just gonna wanna cry all the time. But yeah, so I, found two articles that one of them talks about let's see this one's from the Schiffert Healthcare Schiffert Health Center um, at Virginia Virginia Tech it's about fatigue and the college student and it says types of fatigue physiologic fatigue physical fatigue psychological fatigue mixed fatigue which involves any of the other categories before and um talks about symptoms and signs, um, evaluations, uh, characteristics proposed to distinguish psychological fatigue from physical fatigue, um, how we can treat it, and then it goes into a little bit about to avoid a fatigue associated with school. The single most beneficial thing you can do is to get adequate quantity and good quality sleep. And it gives us all these tips um, of how we can get more sleep, which I genuinely do believe sleep is the best thing for you, like over anything else. So it has some tips on that. And then in this other article that I found, which is from Harvard Business Review by Rebecca Zucker, and it's called How to Deal with Constantly Feeling Overwhelmed. So I just want to kind of break down both of these articles and share what I found Um, through both of these little review things on college students feeling, um, what's the word they used? Fatigued and then just how to deal with feeling overwhelmed and fatigued and all that kind of stuff from these two um, well-written articles. So in the introduction, it says, fatigue is a subjective symptom of tiredness, weariness, and lack of energy. Um, You can have symptoms such as sore throat, nausea, headache, nasal congestion, etc. Fatigue may result virtually every physical and psychological 
may result from virtually every physical and psychological illness. Um, fatigue in the college student is self-limited and clears with time, though. Um, so it goes into the physiologic, the physical, the psychological, and then the mixed, which it says physiologic fatigue is the most common type found in a college student and is usually due to overwork, me, lack of sleep, me also, <laughs> and defined physical stress such as pregnancy, not me. Um, so it says females are shown to work more hours in a day and more years in a life than males. This may be why visit women visit physicians more often with fatigue than men do. So students, because of irregular and inadequate sleep patterns, as we saw through the polls and questions that I asked, and on top of that, uh, a weight-reducing diet, uh, excessive or minimal exercise regimens, and spending long hours commuting and working are increased the risk of physiological fatigue. Physical fatigue is more so from infection, uh, cold, sickness, diseases, those kinds of things. They're more immune system. But it's the second most common type of fatigue known to the college student. And then we have psychological fatigue, which results from illness, including depression, anxiety, persistent stress, and adjustment reactions. So mixed fatigue kind of combines all of these other top three fatigues in college students. And um, it is an example of mixed fatigue, and it'd be... For example, it says, a junior chemical engineering student taking 19 credits who's a fr in a fraternity, plays intramural soccer, lifts weights, and jogs four days a week, and who has a history of depression and is actively taking medication for it, who binge drinks alcohol two to three nights a week, drinks si three 16-ounce Starbucks coffees and a Diet Coke a day, sleeps an average of six hours or less in a night, and was diagnosed with mononucleosis three weeks ago. Sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Young persons, as in this example, do come to us asking, how come I feel so tired all the time? Even though most of us don't have that extreme of uh, symptoms or examples of exhaustion, I think a lot of us do have the, you know, feeling like, I go to, I take 18 credit hours, and then I also go to my part-time job, I'm in a sorority, I have side projects that I work on. I want to have time for my friends. I want to have time for myself. I want to drink coffee every day, whatever it is. And then we ask ourselves, why do I feel tired all the time? So um, that's an interesting take on it to kind of think about and be like, clearly this is why I'm tired all the time. And what can you do to fix it? It says treatment. Um... Let's read this really quick. At Schiffert Health Center, we frequently tell patients that poor and inadequate sleep, class workload, social com commitments, um, ingestion of too much caffeine, poor diet, and too much exercise or too little, and too many extracurricular activities are the cause of their fatigue. It is unreasonable to, accept your, to expect your body to continue to function for an entire semester or academic year on overdrive and not break down on you physically and or physiologically. And then it kind of talks about some medical problems can be approached initially, blah, blah, blah. To avoid fatigue associated with school and the single most beneficial, the single most beneficial thing you can do is get quantity and good quality sleep, like I discussed earlier. So I'm just going to go quickly through their list of what you can do to get better sleep. Go to bed and wake up at the same hours every day. Use bed for sleeping only, which I talked about in my last episode. I don't 
use my bed for anything else other than sleep. Caffeine use, more than just a cup in the morning, can interrupt healthy sleep patterns. Well, I'm going to have to have two, but okay, okay, less caffeine, I understand. Limit or avoid alcohol, especially when already tired. Nicotine is a stimulant. It should be avoided in the form of cigarettes and other forms. Try to control sleep environment, the temperature, noise, and light. Wind down for sleep with light reading. Um, Wind down prior to bedtime. Don't play computer games or start arguments or go on your phone. Use over-the-counter sleep medications for short-term only. Um, Go to bed when sleepy. You've seen that movie before three times. (laughs) Avoid prolonged naps unless they're short. Remember, sleep where you sleep best, not the floor, sofa, or friend's room. Uh, There is an adaptation effect in new sleeping environments, and you will likely not sleep well the first night in a new place. Don't expect to come back from a road trip well-rested. Exercise 30 minutes a day on most days of the week, but not within one to two hours of bedtime. And attempt to get six to eight hours of sleep a night. Less than 2% of people do well with five to six hours a night. There you go, folks. There you go. Lastly, to close out this article, it says, finally, and perhaps the most difficult for an eager and motivated college student is to defer or delegate commitments and saying, no, I'm really sorry to getting involved when you're committed to your limit. Remember saying no is not a sign of weakness or laziness. It is in your best interest to pass on commitments, proposals, slash proposals once in a while. So if you don't get anything else from this, maybe take that because I agree. Sometimes saying no is genuinely what's best for you. And I've been learning that slowly but surely that I do just need to say no more often rather than just being like, yep, yep, yep. Like, no problem. I got it. It's fine. I can do it. Like, I do that all the time. And I think it's just nice to see, like, in a real study, it's difficult for a lot of people to say, no, I'm really sorry. I can't do that because they feel like it's lazy or it's weak. But in reality, it's in your best health interest you will get sick less, you'll get better sleep, you will feel less tired, you will have like a less addiction to caffeine probably. So let's get into this other article on how to deal with constantly feeling overwhelmed. So it says pinpoint the primary source of this feeling. And then it says set boundaries on your time and workload. Um, it says time blocking, which is basically scheduling. Um, saying no to escalations and setting expectations that they do their best work challenge your perfectionism so perfectionism can lead us to make tasks or projects bigger than they need to be which can lead to procrastination and physiological and psychological distress as things pile up the sense of overwhelm grows which can then lead to more procrastination and more overwhelm wow just sit on that for a second we we have to recognize we cannot do everything perfectly and we have to accept that sometimes an email will be overlooked and then it's, if it's important enough, the other person will follow up. Kind of, That's just an example. Uh, outsource or delegate. Um, and then it says, ask yourself, what's the highest and best use of my time? And then it says, challenge your assumptions. If feeling overwhelmed is an ongoing struggle, it's likely that you have assumptions that you are keeping you, that are keeping you stuck in unproductive behaviors. To close it out, it says, while we may all feel overwhelmed from time to time in our demanding work and personal lives, Employing the above strategies can help mitigate the frequency and extent to which we feel this way. So I'm just going to go over what the strategies were one more time. So this is pinpoint the primary source of overwhelm, set boundaries on time and workload, 
challenge your perfectionism, outsource or delegate, challenge your assumptions, and sleep, (laughs) which is what I gathered from both of these articles. And I just wanted to share that with you because I know I've definitely been feeling overwhelmed and overtired. And these are really great strategies, literally from real articles, from real professionals that maybe you should just consider, even if you don't change every single thing that it said that you should quote unquote change to not feel as tired or overwhelmed, just try and change like two or three of those things that you might do too much that make you feel overtired or overwhelmed. And maybe you'll already notice a slight difference. Even if it's not drastic, you might notice like the smallest change can really just make your day just a little bit better. Getting that extra hour of sleep might make to your day. You might realize that that is just what you needed, then have the same great day the next day as well. So I hope some of these tips helped you out. Um, They definitely helped me and I'm already feeling a little bit more excited to work on these strategies and implement some more sleep into my life. Even though I do have to wake up really early for work, I think I need to go to bed earlier and put more of my workload in different areas of different days. That way I don't feel like I have to stay up that late. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna be working on these things. So I hope you guys work on them with me and we can do this together. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened so far. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode about why you're so tired, what you can do to change that, and look forward to what's coming up. I am really excited to start having some guests on here. I just have to get some things finalized. Um, But please follow me and Caffeinated Conversation on IG for updates and more content at Journey to Come and at C Conversation Pod. Um, please comment or send me a DM and let me know some more things I should touch on or give advice about. And that way we can have some good caffeinated combos about it. I will talk to you guys next week and always remember to take it easy. See ya.